1: I love the Raiders most of all I love the win. you're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin Vic Taffer Ted Nguyen and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic
2: Podcast Network Derek Carr at some point is going to walk into Arrowhead Stadium and, and have the game of his life and and win them a game Send rugs in
0: motion, fake it, carr. Whips it, end zone, touchdown, a hot pass handled by Darren Waller. And the Raiders offense is alive and well. Carr airs it out, Separation! hauled in! Henry runs! The speed! Touchdown!
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation Post Game Edition here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, and Deshaun Reed. After the Raiders went into Kansas City, went into Arrowhead Stadium, and beat the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs 40-32, Derek Carr gets his first ever win in Arrowhead Stadium. The defense, after a rough first half, really locked it down, only allowed eight points in the second half. Just as impressive a Raiders win as we probably have seen since John Gruden returned to uh, to the silver and black.
3: Yeah, it's a big, big day for Derek Carr. I just think you imagine, you look back at all the, the heat he's taken over the years. He can't win in, against Kansas City and he, you know, some of these tough losses he's had. And Just to outplay Mahomes and just kind of, yeah, uh, the interception early on, but obviously he bounced back and made some great throws. And I think people now can finally stop questioning just the uh, – the future of you know, Derek Carr and John Gruden together.
4: It's not even just that Derek Carr won. I mean, like quarterback wins are you know whatever. It's it's obviously not just up to them whether the team wins or loses, but it's the manner in which he just kind of like carried the offense today. I mean, he averaged over 11 yards per attempt, which for somebody who's you know labeled as you know checkdown artist is pretty incredible. You know, he had the bad interception, but he I would say he made up for it with those three touchdowns. You know, he didn't hesitate to take shots down the field. And, you know, obviously on the on the interception, he took a little, one too many shots down the field, and so he came out really aggressive today. And that's something that I think fans, you know, over the course of his career, have been you know since that 2016 season at least, they've been desperately asking for. And so I just think you know him kind of coming out and leading the team to victory, not just kind of being an accessory along, along the way, is, is makes it even much of a bigger deal for him.
1: You know, he had some trouble with this similar style of defense against the Patriots, where. They'll double certain guys and give other guys one on one matchups. And he really f- did a good job of finding those one on one matchups. And it, it helps having Henry Ruggs back on the field, obviously. But he was aggressive when he had those one on ones. He took his shots downfield. And like you said, 11 yards per attempt is, is huge. And this is a Derek Carr that Raider fans want to see a, a guy that's aggressive and takes shots. And it, it paid off in a big way today.
2: Yeah. We, you know, we joked about it in the middle of the week when. I said that he's due to have a, a big game there. He's got to do it at some point. But, you know, and then the other thing was, okay, he had never played a game there earlier in, than December, and, and maybe getting him there in, in a warmer weather, kind of normal football climate might help him. And, and who knows how much any of that factors in. But um, the fact that he had played there six previous times, and they were all were December or January games. um, It's it's pretty surprising that that's just how the schedule worked out. Nice to just see him have have an opportunity to just really go out there and not have to worry about the conditions, not have to worry about a hostile fan environment, obviously, what 16,000 or so people there, and just really show what he can do. And I mean, it it doesn't prove that he's going to be able to take this team in there in the playoffs and win a game, but still just a, a really great step in the right direction.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, he was, he was feeling himself in the post-game press conference, man. He came in there, you know, first two questions, he couldn't he stop should. smiling. It was, I hadn't seen it that happy since I've been on the beat. It was, it was something to see.
3: Like I said, a lot of the players in this team weren't here in 2016. There's so much turnover on this roster. So a lot of guys have heard about Derek Carr's MVP-type season, but they haven't really seen it. So today I think it's good these guys can see, oh, that's the Derek Carr I heard about from 2016 because I think he's got his mojo back a little bit. I think it was a nice win for him and younger guys to have more confidence in his abilities uh, going
1: forward. And he made some plays out of structure too. There was was a few plays where the first few reads weren't there and he had to kind of improvise on his own he made those plays and he almost had a huge play to Richard it was just a little off but that that would that would have been huge but still the Raiders got a field goal out of that drive and uh, they would won the game
2: Yeah, you know, we talk about the aggressiveness and, you know, you look at that interception and and that was a a moment where everybody was like, oh, look, you know, what are they doing? But, you know, you've got to kind of like I I was encouraged by the mentality of it. We we had seen them throw the ball deep to rugs and it was a little bit underthrown. I don't think those guys at that moment were quite in sync yet. A little bit underthrown. Rugs makes a great catch. And there's a third and one where everybody has been screaming, be aggressive, be aggressive. They were. It was an aggressive mistake, but I at least kind of liked the mentality of it. And they kept that going throughout the entire game. And, you know, I know Gruden referenced with, with number 15 with Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline. That's kind of what you have to do.
1: Yeah, on that third and one, they actually doubled Hunter Renfro on a shallow, which is kind of funny. They left nobody in the middle of the field and Ruggs took advantage of it. And yeah, that's what you want to see is that the Raiders go along is Carr taking advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves. Then how about
3: the other side of the ball, the defense?
1: I mean, they gave up 32 points, but still, I think
3: they played pretty well second half. I think they gave them a chance to win. I liked how Derek kind of gave a shout-out to Paul Gunther, his buddy who gets probably as much grief on Twitter as Derek does. So I thought the two guys had a nice little moment.
4: So you couldn't have paid me to believe that, like, in any point in this game, the defense would force three punts and then an interception all in a row against the Chiefs.
2: You know, the pass rush, you know, was was actually getting there and bothering Mahomes. You know, I mean, he— I, mean, I was stunned that one time when Max Crosby gets him from behind, just cause you've seen so many times Mahomes has this ability to just read the pressure and find a way to, to make a play. And, uh, when you see Crosby get to him, you saw, you know, you just saw him, they were actually, you know, he was actually feeling the Raiders defense. I mean, this is the first time probably in a while that, uh, that a quarterback has really you know felt that pressure and whatever they did at halftime to kind of change things up, you know, whether they were pretty vanilla in the first half and then kind of, uh, changed it up at halftime. I mean, it, it worked. And, uh, that's impressive.
1: Yeah, Clone Farrell. I mean, we, we criticize him a lot, but he had a huge game today. He made plays in a run game and had a, a few really nice pressures today. He was definitely a, a huge factor in in pressuring Mahomes.
4: He had a lot of success inside. I wonder, even you know, when Malik Collins comes back, if he doesn't start playing better soon. I mean, the way they rushed the passer today, you would have to think that maybe that becomes you know something they do a lot more often, putting Farrell inside and. Picking Key or NASA out there. I mean, you know, I know Lee Collins is, you know, the team captain, and they're, they're expecting big things for him. But if he doesn't start producing soon, it seems like the move you have to make on, on defense.
2: You know, Vic, you wrote on, on Saturday about, you know, the ways the Raiders could win this game. And and really what you were referencing there wasn't necessarily actually winning the football game. Uh, it wasn't. But I thought it was. Kind of, I
3: thought I was picking them to win.
2: Uh, no, i was kidding. And what's funny is that, like, I think they all read the headline and just they didn't notice that the win was in quotes and they all thought that you were giving an outline of how they're going to win. And and they were telling you how ludicrous that was. Yet, you know, all of us who picked them to lose were were terrible and we're all negative for for picking them to lose. But I mean, what you were writing about was there were ways, even if they didn't win, that they could build confidence, could kind of build something in this team going into the bye week. Obviously. They checked a lot of those boxes, and they got the win. Now they're 3-2. and two. They've played a, a, a schedule through five games. Every team kind of going into the Sunday night game and Monday night games, every team they played is 500 or better with a combined record of 15-7, and seven. and they're 3-2 and two through that. Pretty impressive, and they've got a lot to build off of.
3: Yeah, I think looking ahead at, at, you know, to the schedule when it came out, we are all thinking if they get two wins, these first five games will be great. There they are, three and two, and they've beaten their biggest, you know, almost their rival, but their their target, the team they're, they're chasing in the AFC West, the Chiefs. So it's great for their confidence. I think um, the offense we've said all, all along should be explosive, I and mean, they show today. They have all the reasons to be, you know, one of the top offenses in the league. They have good quarterback, a great O line. Trent Brown is back today. Josh Jacobs is a top ten running back. Darren and Waller, the top three or four tight end, and Rugs stretches the field, which is what you want, and it gives guys more opportunities. So, the offense is good enough for the defense. Doesn't have to be that good. Defense just has to be a couple, you know, mediocre or make some plays here and there, and they should be in pretty good shape.
1: You forgot Alec Ingold, the uh, rec- receiving
4: threat fullback. He's been good this year in those kind of situations. Yeah, he's a weapon. He's a legitimate athlete. I mean he's hurdled guys. He's, I saw him juke somebody today, you know what I'm saying? So he's they've thrown downfield like intentional, like not Josh Allen kind of downfield pass to a fullback, but if they actually tried it today and it almost worked for a second. So
1: they threw it to him against a defensive back too, which
4: is uh, which is saying something that it went out of bounds, but he, he he had a step. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but
0: can't get a hold of anyone? Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
2: We talk about Ruggs and what I think is is special about him and what he brings to to this offense is he was targeted three times. And yet he was a huge factor in the game. Like, I'm sure they would like to see those targets increase, obviously. But a- as Gruden said, you know, we didn't bring him here to run hitch routes. Two catches, 118 yards, has the 72-yard touchdown. I will apologize for calling Nelson Aguilar serviceable. He, he, he definitely looked uh, more than serviceable there on that 59-yard touchdown. So I'll, I'll apologize to, to him for that. Renfro had the 42-yard catch on, uh, on that third and 18 play, you know, as we were just all kind of getting done scratching our heads about them on second and 20, throwing a screen pass to Jason Witten. Ruggs' presence opens up so much more on this offense, especially when you have Darren Waller, who also is a guy that takes away attention and opens up stuff. It's really special to see how a guy doesn't have to get a ton of targets to to make a difference.
3: Yeah, I think Johnson after the game he wants him to get even more targets, but I think I'm sure once he catches two deep balls, the Chiefs' focus probably changes a little bit. Hey, we can't let that happen again, so I'm sure the Chiefs were paying more attention to him after those plays happen. but again, just like you said, the result is huge I and mean, waller has more space to operate and waller's tough to deal with anyway and against you know, josh jacobs now a big role out of the backfield today but he definitely has the skills to catch some balls so uh, there's a lot of options for Derek carr i think that's why you got if you're a raiders fan you gotta be excited about the rest of the season
4: i do think they could benefit from you know throwing the ball to rugs on some shorter routes i don't know if he's they've had a slant completed to him this season just off the top of my head obviously he hasn't played every game but i think i think i would like to see more more slants and maybe some screens going his way
1: and just going back to giving the defense a lot of credit for for staff and chiefs uh, you know I, I saw crosby said that they intentionally made the coverages and pressures repetitive in the first half and then they mix it up in the second half i just thought that was a pretty brilliant way to uh kind of negate Andy Reid's ability to adjust in the second half because we, we all know he makes great second half adjustments and the chiefs are a really good second half team but they kind of made themselves look vanilla, so the Chiefs would prepare for those vanilla defenses and adjust it to those vanilla defenses, and then they'd go out in the second half and kind of switch things up. So I thought that was pretty brilliant, and um, just a really good game for um, Gunther, who has been kind of under fire. Vic making fun of his his butt getting warm and all this stop, stuff. Stop. all stop, season.
3: stop, stop, stop. <laughs>
1: He put an ice pack on the
2: bum today. Ice pack on the
4: we bum. We've gone from questioning his job security to saying he's brilliant. Wow. I don't know if I buy the first half. Like, yeah, we were going to give up 24 points and a half on purpose. Nah, it's it's a, a great strategy. It's brilliant. <laughs>
3: They'll never see it coming. They'll score at us at will. This is, a positive. Change this is, it is a positive episode. I know we've been doom and
4: gloom, but get the hell out of
3: here. Exactly. We're <laughs> fans want more positivity. Brilliant.
2: I mean, you've got to love when you look at the offensive uh, balance, 35 rushing attempts, 31 pass attempts. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs, it's like his his final stat line uh, a lot of times this year doesn't wow you. 23 carries, 77 yards, 3.3 3 yards per carry. But like when you watch him, like it doesn't feel like that's his stat line, right? It seems like he always gets – he's just such a hard runner that he, he – tends to get the yards that you need. And then Devontae Booker, I mean this guy has just been really an under, was an underrated signing uh, has been a tremendous backup running back for them. Seven carries, 62 yards had that 43 yard run you know, end up with 144 total yards uh, rushing, 347 passing. I mean, that's uh, that's just such great balance and, and that's nice to see for for Gruden in that group.
3: Yeah, it's just so weird looking back to what the whole Riddick thing last week against the Bills instead of Booker. I mean Booker had done so well, I thought it had- a bigger role as they want to run the ball more against the Bills and he vanishes but he's back today with you know with some thunder so I think that's a great one-two punch I think that's a good enough enough running attack to really do some damage this year.
1: They're purposely trying to get Jacobs less touches too because he was in a top three in just overall touches and they're trying to get him some rest and trying to preserve him for the rest of the season so I think Booker having some success and proving that he could be more than serviceable when he comes in is going to be or is going to pay dividends later in the
4: season. Yeah, and I like to see that even when they got behind this week early on, you know, they fell behind fourteen to three, they didn't abandon the run. Um, that was something that I think against the Patriots, and then last week against the Bills, they did it a little bit too quickly when they got behind by two scores. They kind of just started throwing the ball, you know, overwhelmingly compared to running it, and they really stuck with it this week, and I think it paid off, even though it wasn't Jacobs every time. Yeah, you know, as we just said, you know Booker had a big game, and so, and not to say that they have to run the ball more than they throw every single game, but I, I do think they need to be closer to that that fifty fifty split.
2: Yeah, they came out right after falling down fourteen three. Uh, they they go to Booker seven yards, two yards, two yards, first down, then uh, and then a short pass to Booker for five yards, and then boom after kind of soften them up with Booker, 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 they hit Aguilar for the fifty nine yard touchdown. So really they kinda of stuck to their script and they're not you know, they didn't panic or anything like that. And um, just overall I think this was uh just a really well coached game by John Gruden and really well executed game by, by Derek Carr and a lot of those guys on offense. And and obviously the defense in the second half.
1: brilliant by Paul Gunther. Brilliant. Brilliant game plan. We'll see if he could continue this, um,
3: no, nah, you said it yeah. was brilliant. You didn't say yeah. game plan. You said he was you well, it was brilliant.
1: Well, I did not expect them to stop the Chiefs more than one or two times, and uh, they did their job today. So uh, who knows? Maybe the secret to the Raiders' defense is play uh, Jeff
2: Heath more. Jeff Heath, Dayton Jones, Chris Smith. I mean, guys that that came that they brought up to kind of give them defensive depth. I mean, Chris Smith had a sack, uh Jones made some plays I and mean, uh they really got, you know, contributions from guys that that we didn't really expect.
3: I'm sure the Chiefs were shocked too. I'm sure the Chiefs were like, "Who the hell is Chris Smith?" And they found they yeah. found out. So I mean, I don't know if it was maybe a little overconfidence in the Chiefs' part. I'm sure the Chiefs thought they had it under control the whole time. And they realized probably too late they were in trouble. But yeah, I think it's just a great win as far as makes you know shaking up the whole AFC West and seeing what happens the rest of the way.
4: I looked at the the roster, like the pregame roster they they pass out at the media seats. Christmas' name was not on there. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't even acknowledge oh, wow. his existence going into the game
2: <laughs> those get printed early in the week and they usually got to get a sharpie out and, and add them on i think my thing going into the fourth quarter you know as the raiders had that lead you know was like no matter what happens i mean obviously if they had collapsed down the stretch i mean everybody would have been you know devastated and all that but like no matter what um my my standpoint at that point was like this team is has earned the chief's respect i mean they went out and the chiefs I think after this game, have to know that the Raiders are are not going to be an an easy out, and you know maybe they they still don't have they still have you know some talent deficiencies to make up, but um, if they can put up more performances like this, I mean there's no reason why uh, the Raiders shouldn't be a playoff team, and that this win shouldn't raise expectations a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean the Raiders have guys who are tough, you know matchup uh, guys. I mean tough. They have some offensive players who are really good, who definitely other teams have to be really worried about, and that's kind of a it's been a while since that's happened here, so I think that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and it's just, it just shows, you know, if the defense could just be a little below average and not terrible, th- this team has a chance to to be in, in every game. And you're going to play Tampa Bay to three and two, and they're going to play the Browns next, who are four and one. But they're, you know, they're, they aren't. I don't think these are two upper echelon, you know, elite of the elite top five teams. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what they can do with this bye week coming
4: up. Yeah, you know, I think emerging three and two out of the toughest schedule, toughest part of their schedule, uh, I mean, you have to consider it at a major win. I mean, I, I had them with a losing record through the first five games. I, I figure most people did. So it doesn't doesn't guarantee that they'll, you know, keep up this level of play for the entire season. But this is about as good of a start as you could hope for
3: Gruden's been super positive, and he's pointing out like, and people kind of scoffed at it, but they actually were in their two losses. They were in the game against the Patriots for a while. They came back and were in the game against the Bills, so they had a chance to do some damage late at the fumble. So they've actually been in every game this year. So if you're building a young team, a team that you want to get some confidence, that's what he's been doing, and he's kind of built them up to this point today where things really all came together. So I think his message, I'm sure, to the players is like, hey, see what I'm talking about? This is what I'm talking about. We can do whatever we want to do. We have the pieces we
2: need to get wins in this league you know it was weird I think last week you know the way Derek kind of approached that postgame press conference when like, I'm sick of the losing and I've seen a lot of crap it was, it was almost kind of I felt like his presser almost kind of casted more more negativity than, than really there should have been after the two and two started it, it seemed like he was so down and that kind of made you know other people down but obviously I mean two and two was never that terrible Even two and three had they been there, but played well today, wouldn't have been that terrible. But three and two, you almost now go into the bye week kind of wishing you didn't have a bye week that you could ride this momentum into playing the Buccaneers.
1: We gotta give credit to uh, John Gruden; he went for it twice on uh, fourth down today, including you know the huge fourth down and inches on to to seal the game. I think he could have easily punted it there, but um, I thought it was the right decision. And yeah, I mean, when this team's aggressive. They
2: could win games. I thought they were aggressive passing ball downfield, aggressive on fourth down, and it, it paid off. And the pro football-focused statisticians are going to be stretching their heads when they watch the tape. And it's funny because I think a lot of people kind of took that quote the wrong way. They're like, you know, because... Well, hey, you did what they've been saying you should do, and and I man, I think he's basically acknowledging that, and he's just saying that they they're, they're going to be surprised when they see that he he opened up and got aggressive and and did what everybody's been begging him to do, and obviously it worked out well. And I mean I think he, he knew this was what had to happen to beat the Chiefs, and um it worked out. So uh, you got to give got to give everybody credit for that. All right, guys. Well, it is bye week time. We will be back in the middle of the week to talk a little bit more about. Ah, uh, where this team is, um, heading into the the off week and and set you up a little bit for when they take on Tom Brady and the Bucks, obviously, a game that would have been so hyped if fans were gonna be there, but still gonna be an exciting one on you know on prime time in Las Vegas Tom Brady coming in to take on the Raiders and the Raiders will get to enjoy a little time off and now that they're a little bit healthier you know we'll see if they can get Brian Edwards back Bucks game that would obviously give their offense uh, yet another weapon but it should be a good opportunity to at least enjoy this win a little bit extra cuz uh, they certainly deserve to
3: and normally they would get a chance to go somewhere for three or four days with the family and have some fun but because they have a test every day they're going to be stuck at home but they can still enjoy the win at home and having a backyard uh, backyard pool party or something
4: Nope, no fines, nothing. They can't do anything. No celebrations. They can't nah, do a backyard man. pool party. They can't, they can't risk it. Just with the they can't fam- risk it with family and friends. The NFL's, NFL's family, on their not head. friends. They
2: got to avoid it at all costs. Derek can, can get out there with the wife and kids, but uh, if uh, if John Gruden tries to come over from next door, he's not allowed in.
3: No, do Derek to invite the other players over? there Those big ba- pool basketball games you love so much. I don't, he's I don't think so. Stuck on Derek
4: Carrier's he wants head. Wants to ruin these good vibes, man. Come on, Vic. <laughs>
3: They're in a bubble. These these semi-bubble These players are all all together all the time, aren't they? They can be in the backyard.
2: Nah, they weren't allowed to go to Waller's event. I don't think they're allowed to get together outside. I I, I don't know.
3: All right. Well, that makes my point even more. So they can't party. They can't celebrate at all. So they'll be focused on the next game. They'll be locked into the next game since they can't can't celebrate.
2: They've played well in Vegas so far. You know, obviously last week got away from them, but it'll be a good opportunity to see what they can do against the Bucks.
3: Paul Gunther will have two weeks to prepare for Tom Brady. Woo!
2: All right, we'll talk to you guys again later this week. Talk to you later.
3: Adios, muchachos.